what should the church be doing as we're waiting for the coming of Christ? If you'll look at, uh, we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, we have worked our way down through from ver- chapter 4, verse 13, and talking about the rapture of the church, and we've talked about all these different uh, aspects, and tonight we're going to be talking about this idea of prayer. Prayer. Um, one of the most, I-, I believe that this is probably an accurate statement, one of the most neglected parts of a Christian's, American Christian today Life is prayer. Um, well, what, how'd you come up with that, Pastor? Well, statistics say that the average Christian, only 33% have any kind of daily devotion. 33%. So a third, basically, have any kind of devotional life or any kind of prayer life. I think it's an issue. Um, and yet we, we look at this and, and we want to serve God, but the most important critical aspects of serving God when it comes to reading our word and praying, we're neglecting. And so I think that this is going to be a good word tonight. God has ordained that prayer be the foundation uh, for much of what he does in this, in this world. Um, things don't happen without prayer. Prayer changes things. Amen. Amen. Um, we believe that. And so tonight, we want to talk about this idea. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, this idea that prayer is more than just words. Although it, it definitely is words. But prayer is more than just words. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, is one of the shortest. If you're going to memorize a passage of Scripture, this is an easy one. An easy one, I'm telling you. No matter what version you have, this is easy. It's either two or at the most three words. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, you know. Yeah. I tell my kids, know what I say, what I mean, mean what I say. Read between the lines. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 17. It says this. It says, pray either without ceasing or pray continually. Pray without ceasing or pray continually. We're going to talk about tonight, how is that possible? How is that possible? How can someone pray continually? Well, the Bible will teach us tonight that our prayer life consists of times not only just speaking to the Lord, but also communicating and communing with God throughout the entire day. We're going to talk about that aspect tonight, to be in touch with God all the time. So let's look. There's a couple things we want to hit on. The first thing is this, the necessity of prayer. Let's talk about the necessity of of prayer. If you look at this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, um, verse 17, you'll find that this is one of Paul's sentences, and it's an imperative sentence. Anybody know what an imperative sentence means? It means that the subject or the main person who should be doing this, the main noun in this sentence is you. It's known that. It's not stated that way, but it's known. It's kind of like when you say, shut the door. It's like a command. It means that, hey, 
You shut the door. I don't have to say you, I just say shut the door. Pick up your room. I know some of you have a problem with that, and you've been told that before. Pick up your room, right? Those kind of things. That's an imperative sentence. Paul makes an imperative sentence here. Something, a command. This is something you should do. It is imperative in English. It's imperative in Greek. No matter what translation you want to read it in, it's an imperative sentence. Prayer is not an option for the believer. It's not. It's imperative. The thing I notice as I read through the first century church is this. They had they had its problems. Absolutely, they had their problems. But one thing I notice about them is that they were a praying church. They were a praying church. And because they were a praying church, the Lord was able to work in them in great ways. Every time we look into a New Testament church, we find that somewhere along the lines, they're praying. Each time we read about great men and women of the Bible, what do we find them doing? Praying. Seeking God. It's impossible to think that you can have a healthy relationship with God without prayer. Just like it would be impossible to have a healthy relationship with someone on earth if you didn't communicate and talk to them. If I tried that at home, how do you know that's not going to last? Right? If you tried that with a friend... Um, one of your best friends or whatever, you tried to, to not communicate at all with them, how many of you know that relationship is not going to be healthy? Here's, I found this interesting quote. It says, for the Christian, praying should be like breathing. For the Christian, praying should be like breathing. Just as breathing is the response of physical life to the presence of air, so prayer should be the response of spiritual life to the presence of God. I'll say that again. For the Christian, prayer should be like breathing. Just as breathing is the response of physical life to the presence of air, so prayer should be the response of spiritual life to the presence of God. Prayer is this idea of communication. It's the basic way that we build and maintain relationship. It's amazing because I, I look at prayer and I think about who needs prayer? We do. What does prayer do in us? Prayer causes us to change. You see, when we pray, God doesn't need to change, He's holy. He's sinless. He's amazing. He is every, I could, there are no, not enough superlatives to talk about God. He's, a, he's un, unneeding to be changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So who's the one that needs changed? I do. I do. And so what prayer does is it allows me to have this relationship with the God of the universe. And God then allows us, that prayer time allows God to change us. God desires our fellowship and prayer is that contact mechanism. Prayer is that thing that brings change in our life. 
There's a passage of Scripture. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And that passage reads like this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If my people, God is not the one who needs change. God's not the one who needs help. God's not the one who needs healing. We do. It takes humility to humble yourself. It takes prayer and seeking after God. It takes turning away from our sin and repenting of that sin. Those are the things that are all on us. Did you notice that? There are, that verse is a two-part thought process. Part of it is our responsibility, the other part God will do. Our responsibility is to humble ourselves. Our responsibility is to pray. Our responsibility is to seek His face. Our responsibility is then to what? Turn from our wickedness. And if we will do those things, what will God do? He will forgive our sin. Right? He will forgive our sin. He will heal our land. He will hear us from heaven. He will forgive our sin. He will heal our nation. He'll heal our communities. He'll heal your marriages. He'll heal your diseases. Our God heals, He forgives, and He saves when we do our part in humility, in prayerfulness, in straightening out our priorities, and in turning away from our sin and turning our hearts to Him. Any thoughts on that before I move? That's the only way you get it. A deeper relationship with God is through prayer. You think about those men and women in in Scripture that overcame great odds. They overcame great sin. And to that portion, praying was part of their success. I think of David. Think of David. When David sinned, if, if you want to go to Psalm 51, write it down. We're not going to read it tonight, but you write it down. There's a couple things that you'll notice in that psalm. You'll notice David's humility. You'll notice David's heart is now changed. And he wants to seek after God. He's repentative because he'd sinned. And he says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away. Don't cast me away, God. I desire a relationship. Don't cast me away because I've sinned. Aren't you glad God didn't cast you away when you sinned? Create in me a clean heart, O God. David goes on to say throughout different Psalms, in in Psalm 119, 164, I'm going to just look that real quick. 119, 164. It says, it says this, seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. David prays and praises the Lord seven times a day. I think that's, imper- that's important. Um, you, you may think, well, why, David, did you do it seven times? Well, maybe this is just my little thought process, but the number seven in the Bible is a number of completeness. 
And whenever we uh, go after God, I'm not saying you need to praise or pray seven times a day. That's not a pattern that's set up in Scripture. I mean, we're going to look at Daniel. Daniel did what? He prayed three times a day. So I think we're going to talk about the attitude of praying continually or without ceasing here in just a moment, but I'm setting up the necessity. I mean, you think about Daniel again. We'll go back to him. Daniel was a guy who prayed three times a day. He knew what it meant to seek after God. In fact, the prayer time, his prayer time with the Lord is what got him in trouble in the first place. It's what got him thrown in the lion's den in the first place. I love that story. They look to try to find something. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if people would look at our life and that would be what they found against us? That they saw nothing else. They, they tried everything in the book against Daniel. You know, underhanded dealings, um, how he treated people, things that he would have said or did or anything, how he acted or reacted, and they could find nothing. Wouldn't that be amazing? And the only thing that they could find against him was the fact that he prayed three times a day. Think about that. That's all they could find against this guy was that he prayed three times a day. I don't know about you. I don't know if I want people falling around looking at my life. <laughs> what would they find? This is what they found. He prayed three times a day. So they make the king... You know, they, they puff him up with pride, and they, they say, hey, king, let nobody pray to you, only you. And, and the story goes, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Why? Because he was this great sinner. No, because he prayed. Because his prayer life was predictable. Mm, there's a message right there. Is your prayer life predictable? Is your prayer life something that can be counted on? There's a, a thought process that I always um, I was challenged with, even not just as a pastor, but as a Christian. And, and one thing I always wanted to have my kids notice was that their dad prayed. It's one thing I always wanted them to know. Not because it was like, oh yeah, look at me, I'm, 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 I'm praying. No, it was because I wanted them to know that heritage. I wanted them to have that same kind of thought process. That, man, I know Dad had a relationship with God, and I saw it in his life. And I want, to be, I want that same thing. There's an old saying. It goes like this. Let him catch you praying. Let him catch you praying. I think that's good. I think that's good. Prayer is critical for the Christian and it's critical for the church. If we're going to see it be effective, if we're going to see a powerful move of the Spirit and anointing, if we're going to see um, God do some amazing things in our church and in our community, in our lives individually and in our families, we must be willing to pay the price in prayer. We must be willing to pay the price in prayer. You probably heard the story of a tavern that was being built in a small town and there was uh, no bar had ever existed there before, and so a, a group of Christians in one of the local churches opposed this, and they held prayer meetings to pray against this bar. And they asked God to intervene. Well, a terrible storm came up shortly after the prayer meeting, and lightning struck the new tavern, and it burned it to the ground. Um, the owner brought up a lawsuit against the church, claiming that they were responsible 
And uh, the Christians hired a lawyer claiming that they were not responsible. And so the, it's the trial date, and the judge is in, uh, hears both sides, and he comes up with his verdict. It says, no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in the power of prayer, and evidently the Christians do not. Prayer is critical. We must claim the importance of it in our life, and we must be willing to practice it and pay the price in it. You'll never know the power of God in your life, and not only will you never know it, but others will never know it either, unless you're praying. It's a necessity. All right, we talked about the necessity of prayer. Let's move on and talk about the nature of prayer. The nature of prayer. You know, prayer is verbalizing to God. It is. You, you can't, you know, some, I've heard some folks saying that, it, let me just kind of preface this by saying, it's not either or, it's and both. Okay, what, what I'm about to say. Some people have said, well, my prayer time, I'm just kind of in this mood with God all day long. Well, do you have time where you spend and you just, or on your face, or and just calling out to God. No, man, we're just in this vibe all day long. Whew, right? Um, we're not recording tonight, so I can make <laughs> physical things. And, and I think that the realization of that is is prayer is not just one or the other; it's and both. And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to make prayer be to be weird. What I'm saying is this: Yes, prayer is this idea of. God can speak to me throughout the whole day, having my heart and my mind open to whatever God wants to say. That I am in, we use a word called in tune. And we get that kind of thought processes with your radio. Right? Your radio has a frequency that it puts out. And it puts out that frequency. And and what you have to do to get that particular frequency is what? Well, first thing you have to do is turn your radio on. Right? And you have to have your antenna up, and you have to be dialed in to the right channel. See where I'm going with that, don't you? Same thing with God. You have to have the power on. You have to have the want to and the desire to do it. You've got to have your antennas up. That means you've got to start living life like, like God's going to speak to you. Holy, looking at, reading Scripture. That's part of having that antenna up to get that signal, knowing the scripture and, and having it a part of your life. And then you have to be in the right channel. Being in the right channel is the right frame of mind. Being in the right attitude, letting the fruit of the Spirit well up inside of you. Oh, man. That's like the, the radio frequency of God. If prayer was only this verbal command, if prayer was just verbal here, if Paul was saying pray continually and it was just verbal, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be nuts? We wouldn't be having this conversation right now because I'd be having to go pray. Y'all be sitting out here praying. We couldn't be talking. Because if I'm going to pray without ceasing and pray continually, y'all be sitting here just praying verbally. And that's that's kind of chaos. Every once in a while, you got to order a taco. You got to eat, right? You got to go through the drive through and man, I need a number two with a sweet tea, 
right? You got to have that time. And, and so it's, it's just crazy to think that the thought process here with Paul is pray continually or pray without ceasing is this idea of verbal prayers all the time. I don't think that that's what he's meaning here. That's part of it, but it's also this idea of being locking ourselves up um, with God in our heart and with our mind at all times, being in contact with God. Having our mind tuned into Him all throughout the day. So therefore, it's not only what we say at scheduled times of prayer, but it's the constant sense of communication with God throughout the hours that we're breathing. And I say that because this, a lot of people say, well, during the waking hours, and that's true. But how many of you have ever been woke up in the middle of the night? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord hits you and He says, pray. I think that's part of being in tune having your channel locked in, your antennas up, and you're locked in all the time. Being a Christian doesn't stop when I go to bed. It's 24-7, in tune with the Lord. Anytime He wants to speak into my heart. All the time. It, and we can go through, through moments and examples, like moments when you're trying to decide what the right thing to do is. And you stop and you say, how do you feel about this, Lord? How do you feel about this, God? It is that sense of communicating with God. It's that sense of God's presence and us having that presence in our mind and in our heart all day long. It's like the awareness of God's presence being in touch with my life every moment. So this constant communication with the Lord is is what Paul, I think, has in mind here when he writes this to the the Thessalonian, not the Corinthian church, but the Thessalonian church. And he says that they should be praying continually, never be without contact with God throughout the day. Because that sense of contact will be the thing that will help you overcome temptation. That thing of, of having the Holy Spirit living in your life. You know, we talked about the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit last Sunday night at the Holy Spirit Roundtable. And what the Holy Spirit does in your life when it comes to this idea of praying, you know what He does? He boosts the signal. You know what I mean? You follow what I'm saying? Having the Holy Spirit in your life boosts the signal. When I was in, uh, I used to live in, in Columbus for a while, and uh, the St. Louis Cardinals played um, in, in Missouri, right? And every so often, on a clear night, I would tune my radio station in, and I'd have a little power button with it, and I'd, I'd have a little bit of amp. I, I bumped up the thing, and I could get the St. Louis radio station, KMOX, 11.20 a.m., out of St. Louis, Missouri, in Columbus, Ohio. Now, I couldn't pick up some Columbus stations across the street, but I could pick up KMOX, right? Because their power was boosted, and so was mine. And so I want you to think about that. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it's like the power booster, the amplifier that's on. And we need those, that time. And, and whenever that Holy Spirit hits you, 
it, that constant thought process and contact with God is the thing that will help you overcome temptation. It's the thing that will give you victory over sin. It will give you victory over the devil. It will give you an awesome opportunity when someone comes up to you and they say, man, would you please pray for me? And you lay hands and you pray that you'll see the power of God move in such a way. But it will go even beyond that. It will go when you're walking by somebody or you, somebody passes you in a restaurant or pulls up beside you and you just see the countenance on their face and you say you know what? I just need to pray for you and as you begin to pray the Holy Spirit works in your life and you begin to pray things that are exactly what they're going through you've not talked to them you've not met with them you've not even had a conversation with them but what's happening is the Spirit of God is amped up in your life and the presence of God is moving in you at that moment. That's what praying continually. That's the attitude of praying with God all the time, being in tune with the Spirit. And I think that's exactly what Paul meant when he says this in Thessalonians. Pray continually all the time. It's important that we have this communion of the heart and the mind with God as we pray that it's not just the mere words we speak but it's the life that we live any thoughts on that before I move to the next not the next point really but the next thought in this one very true i think that's why the devil distracts us so much he tries to bring interference hey we'll continue the old radio thought process he likes to bring those interference signals static good you know the the truth of it is is anybody can pray you don't have to have all the right words to say You don't have to have all the correct format. God doesn't, he's not concerned with all your legalese. I mean, look at the Pharisees. When when the Pharisees stood up and and they would give these eloquent prayers in front of people and they'd say things like, God, I thank you that I'm not like that guy. And they begin to pray all of these eloquent worded prayers. And Jesus says, what do you do when you pray? Do it in private. But then he also says this. Do it with your heart. With your heart. Anybody can pray. No matter how far along you are in the spiritual journey with the Lord, if you're a baby Christian or you've been seasoned and, you're, and, and you've been with God for a long time, it's still the same principle. Man looks at the outward appearance of things, but God looks where? At the heart. Yeah. 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 Well, if he prayed, don't you think we should? And not only set an example to do that, But he made it a necessity to do that. 
He made it a priority. Maybe that's an even better word to use there. A priority to get off by himself and to pray. Good. That's a good thought. I think so many times we get caught up in the formulas or we get caught up in the right words. And there's a lot of folks I understand. The number one we talked about last night, we talked about dealing with failure in youth group um, and, and this idea of, of failing. And, and, and I think sometimes people get that idea when they bring it to prayer for two reasons. Number one, the number one fear that people have is what? Anybody know? It's not failure, I'll give you. No. Speaking in public. That's the number one fear people have is public speaking across the board. And so when you ask somebody to pray, what do they got to do? They got to speak in public. They're not comfortable with doing that. And so the thought process is I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. And everybody's going to laugh at me. Right? When in reality, what's prayer? Me communicating with God. And if my heart's right before the Lord and my heart wants Him, I'm telling you, there's no wrong way to pray. Some of the most incredible prayers I've heard in my lifetime have been from little kids who come up and they just put your hand, their hand on your shoulder and they just say something simple. God, please be with Pastor Joe. Take care of all these boo-boos. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of the most simple, anointed, heartfelt prayers. And it's not from somebody that's so eloquent. And so tonight, let me just encourage you with this. You may say, well, Pastor Joe, that's not my thing. I don't talk in public. I don't pray in public. I don't speak in public. That's just not my thing. Okay, I get that. We're not going to ask you to teach or preach or anything like that. But don't be afraid to lift up to, to, to pray for somebody. And what I mean by that is, I mean, not necessarily in a group setting where if I called you out tonight and said, hey, would you close us in prayer? That's not what I mean. But if you see somebody that's hurting, don't let the fact that you feel like you're not eloquent enough stop you from going and praying for them whether that's at an altar or whether that's at McDonald's, whether that's out in public or right here in this church. Don't let the thought process that says, oh, I could never do that. That's the static of the enemy. Because it doesn't matter what you say. It's about the heart of love that that person is going to feel because the Spirit of God is going to work through you. And it may be the simplest prayer but it'll mean the most to them because God's in it. Yeah. Yeah. If they're asking, they need it. Yeah, that's good. And if you're like me, I've got some timers. You know what I mean by that? I mean, sometimes I forget things. And I would never want to tell somebody, hey, I'll pray for you, and then forget about it later. 
<laughs> oh, now you're labeling. I know some good Christian brothers out there. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Amen. 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 And I think that that's something that we, we need to be, as believers, I think that's something we need to be available to. Just making sure that we're praying for other people. And, and not only just in your own private prayer time. I mean, that's good. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not bashing that tonight. But what I'm saying is having the boldness and the courage to be able to step out and pray verbally for somebody that's hurting, somebody that needs prayer. And I think what will happen, at least this is what happened in my life, um, because I didn't always used to be the person that stood up in front of people and talked. That wasn't my deal. And you find that hard to believe, but that was not my deal. I was the guy who I'd just soon be off on the side somewhere. But as I began to pray for other people, God began to put some courage in me. And God began to increase that in my heart. And so when I was asked to pray, I, I, I didn't have to pray anything long. But it started with something very simple. You never know what God might use. I guess my, my, my thought process when it comes to this tonight is, will you be available? Would you be available to have your antennas up? Would you be available to be tuned in? Would you be available to say, God, I need to be someone who's seeking your face all the time so that I can be in an atmosphere of prayer, so my heart and my mind can be linked to you? This series is about how, what's our church, how should we be uh, as we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. And I'm telling you, church, if there's one thing that we, our world needs, they need your prayer. They need your personal contact of love. They need you to go to them and to begin to talk and to minister and to share your faith and to reach out and say, man, are you hurting? Can I pray with you? They need that. Do you know Jesus? Can I pray with you? They need that. We can't shy away from this. It's our responsibility. You're not going to grow as a Christian without prayer. You're also not going to reach the world without prayer. You're not going to see the power of God move without being bold and walking in prayer with the Lord. So, communing with God in our thoughts, and our gestures, in every activity we do should be prayerful. Should be prayerful. Any thoughts before we wrap this up here in a minute? Just a couple things that I found interesting also about this passage. Um, it's interesting that the word... It's translated here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. The word continually, or the words, that word without ceasing, was actually the same word that people would use in writings during that day to mean a hacking cough. 
Follow me on this, all right? It's the same word that they would use to be a hacking cough. Um, the idea here, it was something that wouldn't let up. And it was something that wouldn't go away. It's something that can't be controlled. It's something that becomes, over time, it would just become like a reflex. This is the idea of the kind of prayer life that God wants in us, something that doesn't let up, something that doesn't go away, something that becomes more like a reflex to you. Hmm? Pretty interesting, I thought. Something that can't be stopped in the heart of a Christian. It took prayer to get us into the kingdom of God, didn't it? Had to pray a prayer, the sinner's prayer. And it will keep prayer that keeps us going in the kingdom of God. Pat brought up the idea of Jesus. Jesus was continually in prayer all the time. And he was perfect. I don't know about you, but I'm not. And so that makes me know that I need to be praying. It's a discipline that we can't ignore. Um. Again, I want to hit this thought process. God's not looking for people who pray perfectly, who don't know all the proper Christianese. You know what I mean by that? Or exact theology of prayer. God simply desires to communicate with his kids. And that prayer life, as Jimmy talked about, that prayer life will grow the more you do it. And you have a sincere heart before the Lord. It will grow. A healthy prayer life will give you joy. It will give you fulfillment. And it will give you contact. And it will give you strength with God like you've never thought possible. So tonight, here's what I want us to do. We've got a few minutes. I did this on purpose. We've got a few minutes left. So here's what I'd like to do in our closing thoughts. I'd like for us to take just some time and pray. Now, for some of you, this might be, you might think, well, this is a little bit uncomfortable for me. Well, now's your time to be stretched. You go on mission trips with me, you get stretched. So this is your time to be stretched. Um, I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud in the group, but we're going to pray, have a time of prayer together where we're interceding together. We're going to turn this sanctuary into a prayer room what we do here on Thursday mornings at 8 o'clock. There's a shameless plug right there. 8 o'clock Thursday mornings, we have prayer right in here for an hour. We're going to take the next five minutes and we're just going to pray. If you feel like the Holy Spirit's hitting you, you want to pray in tongues, you have that, that, that gift, you want to do that, that's fine. We're going to pray. If you want to come to the altar and pray, pray. If you want to pray at your seat and pray, that's fine. But one thing I want you to do is this. I don't want you to just sit there and meditate. Do you understand what I'm saying? I encourage you to not just sit there and meditate because what will eventually happen is your head will start nodding. Okay? I want you to pray. I want words to come out of your mouth. They don't have to be so that I can hear them or the person across the way can hear them, but they need to be so that you can hear them. And I want you to pray. Okay? Can we do that for the next few moments? You're like, well, what do I pray for? Pray for yourself, that the Spirit of God, will, tonight's lesson, the idea of, of prayer will well up inside of you, that God will give you boldness and courage. If you've not been filled with the Spirit, pray that God will boost your antennas, all right? And then the other thing, too, is as you continue to pray, pray for a move of God. 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I don't know about you, but we got a community that I want to see a revival happen in. And so let's intercede for our community tonight as well. Maybe you've got family members tonight that you want to see a revival happen in. Call them out by name. But let's take the next few moments and let's just pray. Can we do that? If you want to move and go to different parts of the room, that's fine. But let's just take some time and just pray before the Lord. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the power of knowing you, for the awesome privilege, God, that we have to come before you, that we serve a king who is mighty, and we serve a God that loves us so much. And God, tonight, as we have set in our hearts, God, that we want to make this idea of prayer We've committed that to you, Lord. I pray that our antennas would be up. I pray that you'd boost the power. I pray, God, that you would help us to be tuned in, to eliminate static, and God, to be able to move forward in what you would have us to do. There's a community that needs you. There's a lostness in our families and in our community that need the power of Jesus to save a life. They need the power of forgiveness of sin. God, they need to be changed. They need to experience life change that only comes from you. We can search all kinds of different avenues. We can look at different things, but there's only one way to change a life. There's only one way where, where things that were hopeless now have hope, and that's when people find you. And so, Lord, I pray right now for our community. I pray, God, for lost souls. I pray for the church of Jesus Christ, that we would be prayerful, that we would be bold, that we would have courage to be able to step out and do what you've asked us to do, to step out and to live our faith, to step out and to walk our faith, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit every hour, every minute, every second of every day, that whenever you speak, we hear. Whenever you tell us, God, to move, we move. And God, that you would do something great in us, that our hearts would be not only pure before you, but God, you would heal our land, that you would heal and forgive our land and our wickedness, God. And that lost souls will come to know Christ. As we're prayerful, as we're seeking after you, Lord, let that be the power and the prayer of our heart. That lost people would come to know you. We praise you, God, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege of serving you tonight. Empower us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, empower us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, 
the living God fall fresh on me melt me mold me fill me and you that you'd do it, Lord. Fall fresh on us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us.